Good morning, as you're making your way back to your seats. I know. No, they're actually pretty good. I have to say thank you. Uh, this is just a personal extra thank you uh, for just being an amazing church. Uh, Julie was making a comment, well, they're a social church. There's been churches where when it was time to keep moving forward and someone came up to the front and said, good morning, as you're making your, back to, your way back to your seats, the people would just ignore you and just keep on talking until you like, near, literally had to yell at them and shame them back into their seats. Uh, so thank you for being an amazing church. You are an amazing church. Um, absolutely. We, th- this past week, some really, really cool things. A, a slightly cool thing happened to me, and an amazingly cool thing happened to Julie. I met with the mayor on Tuesday, and they wanted to talk about Hullabaloo for next year. And I was a little nervous as to what it was going to be about. And uh, so as we sat down with the mayor, he was talking about next year's Hullabaloo which is our big community outreach that we do. And, and he said that, you know, we want you to know that we view Hullabaloo as one of the Hilton events. In, in our minds, there's the Fireman's Carnival and the Parade and Apple Fest and Hullabaloo. And, yeah. And, and so and he said, because of that, we wanted to meet with you and the fire marshal, because the fire marshal now wants to come and inspect Hullabaloo, um, which I had absolutely no problem with, because everything that we were doing was, was being done the right way. And um, they just, their, their thing was, look, um, we want to talk about next year's Hullabaloo. And then he was like, oh, wait, you are doing Hullabaloo again, right? Uh, because we want you to. Um, that's just been an amazing process, and so we're really excited. We're going to be starting to start talk about Hullabaloo in January, um, because 2014's Hullabaloo is going to be massive. Um, it's going to be very cool. So that's my kind of cool thing. Julie had something really cool happen. Okay. Hello, hello. Okay. Um, I'm going to need a mic stand, because I get... Not Italian, but I talk like I am. Um, <laughs> okay, God, it's so good. <laughs> so good. I'm sure any of you that are friends with me on Facebook know the story, and I'm thinking that it probably trickled through to a lot of you. Um, but if you ever ask God to make himself real to you in your life, be prepared for him to do it because <laughs> it happens, um, and it happened really, really strong to me this week. Um, so backstory. Um, we only have one car, so when Corey goes to work, I'm home with the kids. Um, I have no car, so I just kind of every day, literally, walk all around the village of Brockport. And um, so we had gone, I had gone for the, a run with my kids, and both Callie and Caden were in the stroller. And uh, we decided to go, I decided to go to Wegmans to get some diapers. And so, for some reason, there's a little trail that goes off to Wegmans. For some reason, I decided to go a different way this this time. And I'm telling you all these things because... They all they seem very insignificant before I tell you, but it, it's really significant, so I'll get there. Um, <laughs> I decided to go a different way that I never go up onto the main road. 
And when I did that, there was all this construction going on. So, of course, Kalina, being a three-year-old, was like, oh, can we watch the big machines, you know, the excavator? So we sit there for probably 10 minutes watching the excavator dig dirt. You know, that's like the coolest thing ever to her. And so finally, I'm like, oh, my gosh, let's go. And then all of a sudden, I realize, oh, I left the coupon for my diapers at home. So then I'm sitting there for another five minutes trying to decide whether or not I'm going to walk all the way back home to get my coupons and then go to Wegmans. So finally I decide, okay, nope, not going to do it. Just go to Wegmans. Got other couple things we have to get. So we get there and actually ran into Mary Houdinius and talked to her for a minute. And, um, and we're on our way back and there's something else, but no mind. Anyways, there's some other things that happen. Um, <laughs> on our way back, we're about to turn the corner to head towards our townhouse. And there's a building of townhouses behind me. And all of a sudden, I hear this woman screaming at the top of her lungs, help me, help me, help me. And I turn to see the most horrific sight I've ever seen in my life. And she's holding a little baby who is blue and completely lifeless in her hands. And so my heart immediately sinks. And I said on, on my uh, post that, you know, it's one of the, the, thing, the last thing you want to see when you're pushing an almost five-month-old in your stroller in front of you. Um, you see this lifeless baby. And so... I just turned around with the kids and sprinted as fast as I could. She was about 100 yards away from me. And um, there was some other guys, some young college students that were driving by. And so they stopped and ran out. And they grabbed the baby from her because she just ran towards them. And they brought her back to the grass. And the one guy said to the other, you know, do you know CPR? And he's like, no. And he said, I don't either. And so by the time I got there, I just, I didn't even think. I literally did not think. I grabbed the child from them, got down on my knees, and I immediately started performing infant Heimlich on her. And as I was doing this, I started yelling. All I could think of was Jamie's story about the woman in the restaurant when they prayed and said, you know, spirit of death, come out of her in Jesus' name. And so that's all I started doing. As I'm doing the Heimlich, I am yelling. In the name of Jesus, spirit of death, release this child. <laughs> Breathe in the name of Jesus as I'm hitting her back, hitting her back. And it seemed like 10 minutes. and But in about a minute, and the woman's on the phone with 911, and she's frantic, she's screaming, she's sobbing. And within about a minute, all of a sudden, I hear formula. She had drank a lot of formula start coming out of her mouth, and she started taking these low, shallow breaths. And... I just looked over and her eyes opened and she just started, you know, very slowly coming back to, and I'm crying. This woman's sobbing. I said, she's breathing, she's breathing. And I just kept praying over her. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing life back into this little one. And I'm rubbing her back. And I laid her down on the ground and I kept praying over her, rubbing her back. And said, thank you, Jesus, for saving this little one. And as the paramedics came, my kids were watching the whole thing. Kelly was watching the whole thing. Um, so I had the guys bring her away and, and, um, the paramedics out there and they're like, she was still kind of over on the side and they said, can you turn them around? So I, I get up to go over there and the woman grabs me and she said, don't leave me. So I had some of the staff that was actually watching this all happen after the, you know, um, ambulance got there and stuff. They took the kids away and I stayed with the woman and I prayed for her and, um, just held her and I, you know, tried to calm her down and everything. And, um, so eventually by the time they got there, checked her out, strapped her into the gurney, she was awake. She was alert. Um, she was breathing fine. And they took her off to the hospital. And the woman came to me and thanked me. And, and um, she said, I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. And I said, well, God knew that I would be there. And so you did exactly the right thing. Um, and then uh, as she was leaving, I just walked over and I, 
I hugged Callie and I just started crying. And she said, Mommy, what happened? And I said, that little girl got very sick, but Jesus healed her. So it was just amazing. I mean, it was not a coincidence that I just, all those things that I wouldn't normally do, I ended up doing. And I was there at the perfect time, right in the perfect place to see that happen. So I, I had no idea she was choking. I had no idea. I just went and did that automatically. So I know that that was God and his infinite wisdom that led me to do that, to save her life that day. So it was just an amazing, powerful God moment. And I was shaking, but it was just so wonderful to see that happen. So we know she's okay. Um, as far as we know, there's no brain damage. She had um, pneumonia and that's why she actually aspirated is what they call it. So um, she had so much uh, formula in her lungs, but she's okay now. She's been treated and she's good. So praise awesome. God. God is good. So we are wrapping up our message series on Primal, the quest for the lost soul of Christianity this morning. It, yesterday, uh, Matt Pascarella and I, we ran uh, a 5K at Darien Lake, and uh, it was a, a fun run. Um, it's one of those obstacle runs, and, and for us, the the obstacles in this 5K were zombies. And so we had to dodge zombies as we were running on this 5K. And, and we had, we had uh, like flag football belts that were on us, and we had three flags which represented our brains. And so as we ran through the zombies, the zombies, their mission was to rip the flags off of our belts. And uh, Matt, unfortunately, did not survive. He... <laughs> They, they got all of his flags. But I had one flag left, baby. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. But it, one of the things that was interesting, I, there were, you know, all these people that were there. It was probably five, 600 people that, that came out. And the proceeds for the race went to uh, support Special Olympics, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. And, um, but there was a group of, like, professional zombies, uh, which I had no idea that there was such a thing. Um, but these people literally have this organization, and they, they dress up as zombies and go to all kinds of events. And, and I was talking with the guy who's like the guy, like the lead guy of the event, and he's dressed up as a zombie, and he's, they're passing out information about them. And I read their tagline for their organization. And their tagline for their organization is, we play dead so others can live. And what they do, like he was talking about, they do food drives. He goes, you could stand out on a corner. This is the guy, the leader of this group. He goes, you could stand out on a corner with a sign that says, food drive, please give food. And no one will stop. They'll just drive past you. But stand there as a zombie. And people will stop. And our, he said, literally, we used to be involved in community outreach and doing things, and, and we would have mediocre results. And then we started doing this. And, and obviously it was fun, and they have a good time, and it's, it's all in, you know, in, in good, clean, gross, zombie fun. He said, but their food drive outreach has, like, tripled in effectiveness. But I thought their tagline of we play dead so that others can live. I thought, you know, 
that kind of is a profound statement for us because we are supposed to die to ourselves, right? We are supposed to, to die so that Christ can be, can be seen in us. And I just thought that that was, that was kind of an interesting thing, that they, they do that. They do it, obviously, for fun. Um, but when, we, when we're talking about this, this message series, we've been talking about loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, right? And, and we've been talking about how do we become great at the Great Commission? How do we love God so that, that out of our love for God, other people can see it and experience God's power in their lives? Because God doesn't want us to love him just so that we can live good, happy lives. Our purpose, our point for existing on this planet is so that our lives will impact other people's lives. That other people will see our love for God, our love for each other, and they will then be drawn to that relationship with Christ. They will be drawn to, to change the way that they live their lives. If, if all this is about is so that we can just be good, nice people, and we can get together on Sunday mornings and, and sing a few songs. You really think that that's why Jesus died on the cross? So that we could just be good, nice people? When he says, love God with all your heart, we, 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 we kind of took and, and, and came up with, with a, a different descriptive word for each one of those things. And so loving God with all of our heart uh, we talked about that as being primal compassion, right? When we were talking about primal compassion, what does that mean? Loving God with all of our hearts. Anybody remember when we were talking about that? What kind of things did we talk about when we talked about primal compassion? Nobody remembers. What do you think that might mean? Loving God with all of our heart. Having compassion. I said the word compassion. Ah, with passion. Okay, good. Gary. Love me, you'll keep my commandments. Yeah. What else? What does that mean to love God with all of our heart? One of the things we talked about was uh, does our heart break for the things that break God's heart, right? And, and over the last uh, month or so, we've been talking about what are the things that we're passionate about, uh, whether that's human trafficking, whether that's uh, uh, pro, the pro-life movement, whether that's, you know, whatever those things are, that those things that, that break your heart, that, that's not on accident, that God has wired each and every one of us to, to have something that, that our hearts will go after. Loving God with all your heart. What about loving God with all of your soul? Anybody remember when we talked about that? We talked about loving God with all your soul. That was called primal wonder. How do we love God with all of our soul? Anybody remember? Oh, thank you. Thank you for that 
perfectly good Sunday school answer. When you don't know the answer to the question, you always say Jesus. Loving God with all of our soul, experiencing God through wonder. Remember when we were talking about the thunderstorms and experiencing God in creation and, and through nature and allowing that awe of who God is, that that's when we can love God with all of our soul. Um, loving God with all of our mind. Right? Remember that one? Um, that's, that's primal curiosity. How can we love God with all of our mind? Keep learning always. Absolutely. Does it mean that we always have to be memorizing scripture verses and, and Bible reading? Is that the only learning that God wants us to learn? No. You can learn about all kinds of stuff. For those of you guys that are students, learning at school is a way to worship God. By, you know, I, I shared when we were talking about that message that the human brain has the capacity to learn something new every second of every hour of every day for the next 300,000 years. It's like some crazy number that if your brain actually could stay alive that long, it has the capacity to learn something new. Learning is, is, is you know, finding something that you're interested in. And, and, you know, the things that interest you maybe won't interest me. Um, you know, I, I love, like, reading stuff about, like, Nikola Tesla and, and learning about all that kind of stuff. We, if you saw my post on Facebook, um, the, we were at the Science Museum because this weekend opened up the Androids and Aliens exhibit. It was fantastic. <laughs> I went with the boys. And, and um, it, there's a, a TV show that's on during the summer called America's Got Talent. Anybody ever seen America's Got Talent? Fun show. A couple of seasons ago, there were a bunch of guys that were on America's Got Talent called Architect. And these guys were like physics, electrician, wizards. And they built these massive Tesla coils. And they would use these Tesla coils, and they would fire off like thousands of volts of electricity. But it was all tuned so that as the electricity was arcing out of the Tesla coil, it was at a, a specific sound frequency. And they would play music using Tesla coils. And it's incredible. Those guys, architect, built for our science museum a pair of Tesla coils that are like the singing Tesla coils. I, I know I know I'm a total nerd, I get it, I embrace it fully. But it is the coolest thing to be in. You have to put headphones on because the sound is so loud that it's like over a hundred decibels of sound that it generates in the room. So you can't even go in without ear protection. So you feel the sound as these electric sparks are blasting into the air. And they played all my favorite stuff. Star Trek, Star Wars. <laughs> they, they even did this super, super nerdy thing where they said they were going to play Star Trek and they played the theme to Star Trek Enterprise, which isn't Star Trek. I mean, it kind of is. And, and then, and, but no one in the room knew what it was, except for me. And then he's like, no, 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 we got it wrong. We'll do it right. And so then they played the theme to Star Trek The Next Generation, which is still it's Star Trek, but it's not the Star Trek. And I'm like, that's, that's not right. And then finally they played the real Star Trek, the 1960s Star Trek. Um, loving God with all of our mind means that, that it it's glorifies God when we learn something new. 
And then uh, last week, Pastor Jamie talked about loving God with all of our strength, right? That's, that's called primal energy. One of my favorite messages that I, I ever heard was um, entitled, God Loves B.O. And it was a, it was a whole message about uh, Rebecca and how when, um, when Abraham wanted a, a wife for his son, he sent his son with the ser- or he sent the servant to his family to go find a cousin that they would, that they would pick to, to marry his son. And so this servant says that, you know, God, I, I don't have any idea how this is supposed to work. My master has sent me to go find a wife for his son. This is a huge deal. I really can't screw this up. I need you to help me. And so I need you to send someone. When I get there, I, I need you to bring her to me and the way that I'll know that she's the one is that not only when I get to the well, to the oasis, that she'll offer me water, but she will offer to water my camels as well. Because, you know, everyone will be polite and say, oh, would you like a drink of water? And they'll give you, you know, the ladle and you can have a drink. But to water camels, they drink like dozens and dozens and dozens of gallons of water per camel. And so this girl, when she shows up, when he gets to the oasis, there she is, and he's like, oh, man, I really hope this is the one. And, and so she offers him a drink, and she says, well, sir, can I, also, can I also get water for your camels? And it probably took her maybe an hour, maybe two, to go to the well, haul up the water, take it over, feed the water the camels, go back to the well, haul up the water. She probably smelled. By the time it was done, at the end of our race yesterday, I was ripe. I only, I mean, we only did like this short little 5K and that three quarters of it, I think we walked. Um, but that idea that, that when we love God with our strength, that means that we are, it, that's primal energy, that we are finding whatever it is that, that we, are, we can do and do that with all of our might. And we talked about, you know, all the different things that, that need to be done around here. Uh, there's there's tons of things that we could absolutely use your help with, uh, from setup to tear down to to kids quest. Um, uh, we need help with our birthday card anniversary uh, ministry. Uh, if you're available and, and, and able to help, and, and you can fill out birthday cards um, that can either be mailed out, or if you you you're not a, a handwriting person, but you're good at the computer, and you can sit down and log in and pick out a, an electronic birthday card and, and send those out. Um, the person who's actually doing our electronic birthday cards is stopping at the end of the year because work is kind of ramped up, and um, they can't do it anymore. So um, if you ever received one of those electronic birthday cards and appreciated it, and you'd be interested in helping, that's a way that you can worship God, love God with your strength. Um, all kinds of other things that, that we can do. So let's look at the verse again that we started with the whole uh, a few weeks ago. Mark 12, 29 through 30. The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. I love this, this next quote. It says, when God wants to initiate a new movement in history, God does not intervene directly, 
but sends us dreams and visions that can, if attended to, initiate the process. That God will, when he wants to make a change in, in our world, he will put that vision in us for us to do. He doesn't part the clouds and say, now I want you to do this anymore. He doesn't speak that way. What he does is he speaks to us individually. Uh, there was a, a recently an a international gathering of Christians in, um, in Wittenberg, Germany. And there were Christian leaders who were gathering there. And if you're familiar with what happened in Wittenberg, Germany in the, the 1500s, uh, it's where the Protestant Reformation happened because of Martin Luther. And so these guys gathered in, in Wittenberg, and they were there to discuss the state of Christianity, and they were from all different uh, denominations. And, and the big question that they were wrestling with over this three-day con- conversation was this. Do we need another Reformation? Do we need a new Reformation in, in Christianity? And the answer is yes. Every generation does. Um, every generation needs its Martin Luther, its Wittenberg, its 95 Theses. And um, I don't think that the Reformation that God wants to do in us is going to look like it did when Martin nailed those uh, the, the big giant list of things to the doors in, in Wittenberg. Um, these are actually the doors. And if you're not familiar with the story, um, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But there was one person, Martin Luther, who his one action created this mass movement that literally changed the world. But I don't think that this next reformation that God is looking to do is going to be behind one person. I think it's going to be involved in, in all of us. It's going to be in, in all of us. And, and a single event's not going to be how it's defined. But it's going to be in lots of small little actions of us moving in a direction of loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So here's what was going on. In, in the early 16th century, Pope Leo X was raising money so that he could build St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And so the primary means for them to raise money, for them to build the massive... Has anybody ever been to Rome uh, and seen St. Peter's Basilica? Uh, my parents went. It's absolutely amazing, right? Humongous, gorgeous, uh, incredible. Cost millions of dollars. And the way that they raised the funds for it um, was they sold indulgences. And, and this is not going to be a Catholic bashing Sunday. We're just talking about the history of what happened. Um, so they sold indulgences. And, and if you're not aware of what an indulgence is, for a price you could buy either for yourself or for a family member you could buy time off of a person's sentence in purgatory. And, and so in, in Catholic theology, you, we live here on the earth and then we die and then there's a place called purgatory that people go to, to if they haven't gotten all of their ducks in a row, that they've got time for them to 
uh, earn their way into heaven or to be prayed into heaven by people who are still here on earth. We don't believe in purgatory. Um, We believe that absent from the body is present with the Lord. That's what the scripture says, that when we leave here, we are, we are home or we are in a place that you really don't want to go. Um, one of two places. There's no middle ground. Um, but one of the guys that was one of the Pope, uh, Pope Leo's big fundraisers was a guy named Johann Tetzel. And he, he was a marketing genius. He actually wrote a jingle. You, can, you imagine that they were like writing marketing jingles all the way back in the 1500s. But this is what Johann's jingle was. His was, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. Kind of like a sprinkle a day keeps the odor away. A jingle a day gets you, it, it, it gets you. So for, for every coin that you drop in the offering plate, bling! So in essence, salvation was for sale. That you could buy your way into heaven. And people were led to believe that every coin that went in paid down their time that was spent in purgatory. So in, in, in Wittenberg, in the, in the city in Germany, the, the duke of that city, um, it was a big deal to him that, that they had as many holy relics as you could get. Um, because... Um, uh, and his name was Frederick the Wise, and he wanted to make Wittenberg the Rome of Germany. And so what he did was, that by the year 1509, he had collected more than 5,000 holy relics that were in the church in Wittenberg, where Martin went and nailed his list of, of complaints, the 95 Thesis, the things that were wrong with this system of selling indulgences. And so... So supposedly, these relics, here's a list of some of the things that, that Frederick the Wise had collected. A thorn from the crown of Christ, a twig from the burning bush, uh, a piece of gold from the gift of the wise men, a piece of bread from the Last Supper, uh, the, and the collection had included thousands of holy bones of dead saints, um, and each relic was given a chronological value. And so you would pay to view those relics. And in the, by the act of looking at these relics, um, you would then earn so much time out of purgatory. So here's how it breaks down. So if you viewed the bones of a dead saint, that was worth the reduction of 4,000 years out of purgatory. If you, were, if you viewed one of the silver coins that were paid to Judas... That was worth 1,400 years. If you added up all of the chronological value, if you were able to pay to look at all of the relics that Fred had collected in in Wittenberg, it added up to 1,902,202 years and 270 days. And so once a year, everyone from the region would come on All Saints Day which was November 1st. And on All Saints Day, people would pay thousands and thousands of dollars to spend time in the church so that they could burn off time off of their sentence in purgatory. And so on October 31st, 
Martin Luther said, this is ridiculous. There, this is a, there's enough of this. And so he sat down and he wrote down 95 reasons why this whole system was messed up. And on the day before everybody showed up for church, on, on, on that next morning, on November 1st, he walked in and nailed, uh, it was on October 31st in 1517, um, and he nailed these to the church door. So what they would do, they didn't have Facebook. Uh, I know it's hard to imagine. Um, there was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no Google News. If you wanted to announce something, you nailed it on the door at church because everybody went to church. And they certainly all went to church on All Saints Day because that's how you burned off time out of purgatory. And so he, um, Luther was this guy who, you know, when God chooses people, um, it's amazing. Because you would think that he would pick, like, amazingly talented and and brilliant, beautiful people, uh, and he does. But so many times, he picks the unlikely ones. He picks the ones that, one of my favorite movies is uh, called Mystery Men. And it's about these superheroes who are like the, the B-team superheroes, right? And so the A-team superhero, he gets destroyed by the arch-villain, and now there's no A-team superhero. There's just these guys who are like weekend superheroes. And, and one of the lines that, that the, one of the main characters says in the movie, he says, he says we're, we're not your average superheroes. We're the ones that nobody expects. Martin Luther was one of those guys that nobody would have expected. Um, he was just like any of the other monks in his order. He loved, he loved God. Um, they, they had their system of prayer where seven times a day the bells would ring at the cloister and would wake them up uh, at, at two in the morning to begin the cycle of prayer. And at 2 o'clock, they would go to the chapel and pray. And then at 5 o'clock, they would pray. And throughout the day, they would pray. And um, one thing about Luther uh, is that he was, he was serious about his relationship with God. When, when Martin would go to confession, his confession would often last for six hours. Because he wanted to make sure that there was nothing between him and God. You know, for us, you know, we're like, Jesus, please forgive me. Okay, I'm good. And I'm out the door. Martin did not mess around. Um, you know, and you've got to imagine the guys who were hearing confession when it was Martin's turn. Oh, <laughs> can't you just sub for me this week? I had, I had Martin last week. I didn't get any of my chores done because I was sitting here with Martin for six hours. He would fast for three days on end with not even as much as a crumb of bread. Um, he said this of himself. He said, I was a good monk, and I kept the rule of my order so strictly that I may say that if ever a monk got into heaven by his monkery, it was I. Right? But in the fall of 1516, the, the, the year before this this event happened. Martin was teaching through the book of Romans at the university. And uh, he came to this passage in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. And it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, 
as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And he said that as, as he read that passage, probably not the first time, but at that moment as he read that passage, he said that he experienced a theological tipping point. He said that this passage of Paul became to me the gate of heaven. And it, it created for him this epiphany moment that, that for him it was, it, it, it's, it's expressed in this Latin phrase, sola fide. It is in faith alone that we have a relationship with Christ. It's not through how many indulgences that you can buy. It's not through how hard you can work or how much that you can do for God. It is the simple truth that it is by faith alone. And that became the rallying cry of the Protestant Reformation. As, as people grasped the hold of this truth and, and then from that point on, um, the church was completely changed. So here's the thing for us. What, what's going to be the rallying cry for this next Reformation? Because, you know, we're not looking for some new revelation. Um, new revelations uh, are typically those things that can turn into scary, scary things where cults turn out of these new revelations. But when we look at this and we look at Scripture, Reformations aren't born out of new discoveries. Those are called cults. Reformations are born out of rediscovering something ancient, something primal, Primal truths rediscovered, reimagined, and radically reapplied to our lives. So if we're going to be great at the Great Commission, um, our, our rallying cry for the last Reformation was sola fide, but I believe the rallying cry for this next Reformation for us is to love God. And that's, that's amo Dei. Now for, for each of us, we, we all... Um, anybody read the, the book, The Five Love Languages? And, and so the five love languages means that uh, it, it talks about each of us having our own language of love. And for some people, that the, those are um, time, that you show me that you love me by spending time with me. Or it's actions, you show me that you love me because you do something for me. Um, or it's gifts. You show me that you love me. Or I feel that I'm loved when you give me gifts. Um, so it's time, um, actions, gifts. The other ones. Touch, right? You, I, I know that I'm loved because you've hugged me. Um, time, actions, gifts, and words of confirmation. So you tell me that you love me. That you could do all kinds of things, but if you haven't said those words, I don't know that you love me, right? I believe that we can have spiritual love languages too. That loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, that those are spiritual love languages that we can, can be strong in or maybe weak in. For me, my, my spiritual love language in loving God is, is wonder. It's loving God with all of my soul. That, that when I'm out in the woods, hanging in my hammock with the stars over me, I, I, I'm just, it's just me and God, and, and I'm, I'm just, I love loving God that way through experiencing his creation. Um, 
probably for me a close second is, is loving God with all of my mind, learning new stuff, um, that primal curiosity. For, for you, it might be primal compassion. It may be that you love God through doing things for others that, that they can't do for themselves. It's being motivated to, to be involved in the, the pro-life uh, movement and, and marches and, and you know, standing outside of, of clinics. And, and that's what absolutely drives you. Maybe for you, it's, it's loving God with all of your strength. And, and showing up on Sunday mornings and hoofing carts and moving tables. And, and you, maybe you're not good at, at, at those other things, but you can do that. And, and, and primal energy is the way that, that, that that's your spiritual love language. I want to encourage you this morning that um, it's obviously it's good to play to your strengths, right? It's good to know what you're good at, how you're wired. And, and, to, and to move in that. But I would encourage you that it's totally okay, and I think probably more beneficial for us in our spiritual growth to look at those areas that maybe we're not so good at and say, God, help me to love you through compassion because that's not my natural inclination. That's not something that I go to easily. Or maybe, it's, maybe for you it is, Loving God with all your mind and, and reading stuff or learning something new is like, oh, I finished doing that in school. Are you, are you seriously, he wants me to learn stuff still? Yeah, he does. Finding a way for us to, to love God and be great at the great commandment. I hope over these weeks that this has helped you in, in your walk with the Lord. I hope that this has not just been, oh, this is another nice series that we did at LifeQuest. That, that, you know, because if that's the case, then, then we failed. This message series that, that I believe God put right here on the calendar for us was to help us to move to the next level uh, individually for each one of us in our walk with the Lord and as a church um, I believe with all my heart that there are things coming um, that are going to be absolutely mind-blowing for our church in our community. Um, we are, you know, for years, um, Jamie's mom would always refer to LifeQuest as we're a cute little small church. Um, and, and, and not that that's a bad thing, because at the time, we were a cute little small church, but I, 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 I will always remind her, Marsha, we're not just a cute little small church. Not that I'm looking for our church to become the next whatever, um, whatever huge monster church. That's not what I'm saying. But I believe that what God has for us as a church is going to require each and every one of us to be great at the great commandment, to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength. That the days of just showing up and being nice people are, are over if we want to make a difference in this world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've been speaking into our hearts and lives over the last six weeks. And Lord, I pray that this would be so much more than just a nice series where we looked at your word and said, oh yeah. That's good. We should do that. 
Father, that you would burn something in our hearts like Luther was forced to move into action and do something about it. That you would help us to, to take this reformation of the heart for us seriously. That we would love you with, with everything that we have. We would love you with primal compassion. That we would love you with primal wonder. That we would love you with primal curiosity. And we would love you with primal energy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, uh, just a reminder, if you, if you came in a little bit later, next Sunday we will not be having church because it's Apple Fest. Uh, so the, the, the clipboards went around. If you can help with the Apple Fest, that would be great. Uh, men, if you haven't paid for the men's retreat, you can do that today. Just write your check out to LifeQuest. And uh, it is an egg Sunday. So if you need eggs to, to take to help you with your family or your neighbors, that would be awesome. Have a fantastic week.